0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly forecast for August 12th through August 18th. A lot of astrology to get to this week, um, a lot of uh, planetary movements uh, switching directions as well. We just are in the middle of, uh, as I record this, Jupiter moving direct um, on Sunday, August 11th. And uh, we're going to be seeing you know, Uranus moving retrograde throughout this day as well setting off a whole new set of circumstances for um, for our planetary energies, so to speak. This week ahead, we've got a number of things happening. Um, We've got a gibbous moon that's leading us up to the full moon on uh, Thursday, the 15th, uh, in the sign of Aquarius, uh, with an opposition from the sun and Leo, as well as Venus, Mars, and Mercury, all opposing that Aquarius moon. So we're really getting kind of a reality check to some of the things that we've been trying to push forward and maybe getting some feedback this week on how we're doing, kind of a progress report, maybe a little bit of an objective uh, distance from some of the dreams that we've been trying to put into place, and a little bit of a Saturnian reality check to all the solar Leo kind of um, actions that we've been taking. Um, We also have a Mercury squared to Uranus this week on Friday, Um, so that should trigger some interesting surprises. And then our good friend Mars moves into the sign of Virgo this week. So it'll be time to get down to business. Um, Some of the reflections and feedback that we have gotten, hopefully through the full moon, we'll be able to put them into place and, and take care of some of the details. So that's kind of an overview of what we've got going on for the week. Um, <clears throat> of course, Jupiter, our good friend Jupiter, is now direct, uh, while Uranus and Saturn are still retrograde, as long as well as uh, Neptune, um, Venus and Mars are still combust or under the sun's beams, which is uh, generally within fifteen degrees of the sun. Some authors like to say that the combustion is is more uh, felt more actively when it's within eight and a half degrees, um, but we definitely have. Um, limited visibility when it comes to Venus and Mars things this week. Uh, We also are going to be seeing Mercury move under the beams of the sun towards the end of the week too. So some of the significations of Mercury are going to start to go on behind the scenes as well because Mercury is going to lose some of that visibility even though Mercury has now moved into the sign of Leo for this week which is going to make it a little bit more um, diurnal in nature, a little bit more active, a little bit more um, out front a little bit. So we've got this kind of push in the pole with Mercury moving into Leo, but also then going under the sun's, sun's beams. Mercury, of course, was joining that giant stellium of planets in Leo. Um, so we're definitely still playing with the Leo the Leo archetypes right now. Um, but like I said, we're gonna, we've got kind of a Saturn uh, coloration to this week because we're going to be starting out the week with a Capricorn moon. And then Aquarius moon, and of course both of those signs traditionally are uh, ruled or hosted by the planet Saturn. Okay, so let's dive in here. Uh, we have a couple cards that we're going to go over this week too, uh, as well as our Essential Dignities Report. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Seven of Wands, um, since we have the Sun and Venus moving into those decans. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Eight of Pentacles, which Mars is going to be moving into with Virgo One. And then possibly a little bit with uh, Leo and Aquarius One. Well, that's when we have the Moon opposite Mercury, is, is in the first second of Leo and Aquarius. But we're going to talk about the Seven of Swords Two, which is where the Moon is going to be when it is making its opposition at the full moon. So. Many things to get to let 's start out with the essential dignities of the week um, i 'm kind of giving you the overview uh, we 've been doing this each week where we see the uh, what kind of strengths and condition the planets are in that 's going to give us a lot of good feedback about how well or how challenging it might be for those planets to function and of course we've been since we 've been in leo season here we 've been going through. Uh, A domicile sun where the Sun is in its own temple and has access to its own resources which is which is a positive thing it's much easier to assert our authority to issue commands um, to get in touch with what we really want and who we really are that's gonna be one of the things that's supported when the Sun is in a a domicile that it that it rules or it hosts so it's kind of at home um, shining its light Uh, it also has triplicity by the day Course the triplicity was the of the nature of Jupiter. So triplicity is where we have the winds at our back and, and the kind of the, the boost in our sails to do things associated with that planet, especially during either the, the day or the nighttime, depending on which planet is going to be having dignity within those those structures. So of course the sun is the triplicity ruler by day uh, for the fire signs. So we're going to see a boost in our ability to do solar things during the day. Uh, Jupiter is in its own domicile and direct now uh, and also has triplicity by night. So we're still seeing since Jupiter is in the fire sign of Sagittarius, it has a nighttime ruler of Jupiter instead of the solar ruler by day. And we're going to be seeing Jupiterian things starting to move forward again. I'm going to show you a card that's associated with second decan of Jupiter. I'm sorry, second decan of Sagittarius, which Jupiter is in right now. And we have the nine of wands. And here we see a figure that is uh standing his ground, maybe has taken on uh a few injuries here and there through the fight, but he's still ready to defend his turf and um contemplating it's maybe a rest before the the uh the next set of circumstances. If you know the uh the three cards that are associated with the Sagittarian Deccans, the eight of wands is is motion, where it has eight wands moving in a, a very uh, active direction. And here may be the rest, the pause, Well, after that f- set of uh, very fast motion. And in and the next decan, we see someone carrying a great burden with the 10 of wands. So it's kind of like here, we've got a little bit, maybe the eye of the hurricane type of experience, where we've set some things into motion. Um, and now we're, you know, kind of gathering our resources again, so that we can kind of carry the burden or carry the, the football to the touchdown. Okay. Uh, and now we're going to be having some more support with Jupiter going direct again, because Jupiter, of course, is the greater benefic. And we've been kind of reevaluating Jupiterian things over the summer. Um, generally, it's not necessarily a bad thing when a benefic goes retrograde, uh, but now it's going to be much more able to bring about the Jupiterian things into our lives. So look at the Sagittarius and the Piscean-ruled uh, houses in your chart. And look for those areas of your life to start moving forward with, with a greater sense of purpose. Um, you may have be able to start taking action in those particular areas of your life where you may have felt, you know, n- not necessarily bad things happening there, but you may have been reevaluating how you want to move forward with your big your big next move. Because really, Jupiterian is about uh, Jupiter is about bridging, building bridges, uh, expansion um, about uh, you know, what we believe in, kind of belief systems, orthodox types of uh, religions. Um, It's the judge in the cosmic courtroom. So we may be making some judgments about those things in our life, and now we're able to kind of, you know, give not necessarily a final judgment, but we may be able to, you know, bang the gavel down and start moving forward with the things that we are reconsidering. So that's what Jupiter is doing with our essential dignities. Of course, Saturn is still retrograde, but it is in its own domicile of Capricorn. So Saturnian things, we're still reevaluating the structures in our life, and it is supported to be able to release things and let go of things, uh, to restructure the Capricorn area of your life. Um, An example of this, over this past weekend, uh, I started to reorganize my office. I have Saturn in the sixth house of my daily routines and like the work that I do. Um, and I've been, of course, doing a, a lot of restructuring of my diet and how I take care of myself. And what I did this weekend was restructure a lot of my office. You can see I have a little bit of a different background here than you may have noticed in the videos before. And I got rid of a lot of clutter. Um, Saturn, Pluto, South Node is all about getting rid of the junk that isn't serving you anymore. And it, it's, a, it's a long process. It's a slow process. I didn't get it all done, but I, I rearranged the, uh, the feng shui of the office. So that I could um, take the next steps towards getting rid of the things that just weren't functional anymore. And, you know, we're conmariing our life in a really, you know, in a specific area. And those areas are definitely the uh, Capricorn ruled areas of your chart and really the Aquarius ruled areas too. Because Saturn is ruling both of those signs traditionally. So, you know, take some stock. Get rid of the things that don't bring you joy, as uh, Marie Kondo would say, and uh, that's gonna free up some energy for you moving forward. So that's what Saturn's doing this week. Uh, Mars is going to be in its own bound, or decan. Uh, Between 24 and 30 degrees, Mars has rulership by uh, terms, I'm sorry, bounds and terms are the same, a, a similar word for the same thing. But Mars is also going to be in its own decan, which is the ten, last 10 degrees of the sign of Leo between 20 and 30 degrees. So Mars actually has some, some significant dignity this week. And bar, bounds, um, we've been kind of experimenting with in my uh, nightlight astrology class year two with Adam Boss, where uh, we're experimenting them with being of the nature of Saturn, where we are, uh, and this is supported by Demetra George's work too, where she talks about uh, the bounds being sort of the curriculum setter, the rules, You're like a planet is playing sort of by the rules or the etiquette or decorum of, of another particular planet. So in this particular week, Mars isn't having to play by anybody else's rules besides its own. Uh, it is getting resources from the sun, of course, because it's in the domicile of the sun, but it's getting to set its own agenda. So this, this week, there's um, some real support for taking action, which is some of the essence of Mars. Defending our turf, which is associated with the third decan of Leo, um, I'll show you that in a little bit when we have the, uh, the, third, the third decan. Here's the, here's the seven of wands that shows a figure that's kind of established his position throughout the first two decans of, of Leo and now is having to kind of defend its turf. And Mars being in that third decan in its own bounds and whatnot is going to be more able to have courage to defend their subjective perspective and to take measured action, hopefully measured, uh, based on the dream and the identity that you want to create for yourself in that Leo ruled area of your chart. And of course, this is going to be a little bit different for everyone. Uh, The Leo ruled area of your chart could be, um, in my case, it's the first house, establishing a new personal identity, doing things with the body, uh, you know, it could be in your second house of finances where you're trying to establish a new financial identity for yourself. Uh, third house, it could be something with the communication style that you're trying to enact uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and of course, if you want to know exactly where um, that's all happening for you, feel free to reach out. I will help you uh, determine that if you want to schedule a reading or if you just had a quick question. Um, yeah. So that's, a, that's the last decade of um, leo and mars being within its own bounds or terms it's a really fascinating uh kind of exploration we're going through you know it it, i think one of the things i really like about it is um it shows you we did a little experimenting it shows you some of the other karmas that are becoming uh ripened when a planet is moving into a different section of a sign so the really interesting thing is when you have transits to a particular planet let's say you have a Saturn return or you have a, something that is a- activating Saturn, but it's in the, um, your natal Saturn's in the the bounds of the terms of Mercury. Uh, the mercurial ruled areas of your chart are going to get some residual hits from that Saturn activation. So that's kind of a neat thing to experiment with on your own is uh, look at the different planets that you have in your chart and look at their bound ruler and see when you have transits to that particular planet in your chart, whether some other uh, you know, ancillatory um, actions or events are happening in those particular ruled areas of your chart as well. Um, for example, uh, I have the sun, uh, I believe, in the bounds of mercury. So whenever I get transits to my sun, the, uh, the mercury ruled area of my chart is going to get activated. And in my case, it's the second house and the 11th house. So I really have to kind of start paying attention now to second and 11th house matters when I get sun transits. And, you know, in my particular case, I have Saturn opposing my sun right now. And that's, of course, affecting, you know, my resources and and group involvement and things like that. So that's one thing to experiment with in in your own life as well. Um, With the moon this week, we have uh, a couple different dignities. The moon right now is in Capricorn, and the beginning of the week is in Capricorn, and that is traditionally considered its exile because the moon is a light. And Saturn, uh, of course, is associated with darkness. So the moon is trying to do uh, nurturing, growth oriented things in a sign that's associated with uh, darkness, death, letting go, boundaries, and structure. Um, So that may be a little bit challenging. The saving grace with the moon in Capricorn is it does have triplicity by night, so if you are trying to do lunar things in your life, um, do them at night. The uh, moon will also move into Aquarius towards the middle of the week. And it does have one dignity. It has dignity by face or by decan in the third decan of Aquarius, which is, happens to be where our full moon is. Um, so there is a little bit of dignity that the, the moon has and a little bit of support that the moon has um, through, through face or through decan. Uh, when the moon is in the third decan of Aquarius. So we'll explore that a little bit when we talk about our our full moon here. Um, So let's look at the chart. That's our essential dignity report. And let's dive into the chart together. Hope you all are having a good week so far. Um, A couple of other things that we'll talk about this week too. I wanted to um, give you a little heads up too. There's a really interesting condition happening with the sun and Venus. Uh, where they are in a secret conjunction with Uranus at the end of the week called an Antitia. And uh, just to review a little bit, we had Mars in a secret conjunction with Uranus. I'll show you here on the chart. You can see Mars is is about 26 degrees Leo, and Uranus is at six degrees Taurus. And the Antitia condition, and counter-Antitia is a similar term, is when you have two signs that are equidistant on either the solstice points or the equinox points for the counter-antitia. Um, and the, the sign, uh, the degrees of the sign add up to 30 degrees. Okay, so you can see here, we've got Mars at 24 degrees Leo and Uranus at six degrees. Actually, this is at 26 degrees. So it's already past that uh, point. We saw this in the, the middle of the week. Um, this is something I didn't really catch in our last video, but I posted a little. I think the meme I posted <laughs> was He-Man, um, which I thought was really interesting Like when he does, like, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And um, He-Man, of course, has the big sword, and I thought of him as Mars, and Uranus as the lightning bolt of awareness. So Mars was getting a lightning bolt charge sort of behind the scenes. Um, So we had a supercharged Mars in the middle of the week last week. And I don't know how this manifested for all of you, but uh, I'll tell you a little personal anecdote about that. Uh, I have Mars sitting right on my ascendant right now. And for the last, oh, I don't know, a few weeks at least, it's been in my first house. Lighten me up. Um, And I've really really struggled uh, the last week or two with um, some Mars stuff. Uh, just my, I've gotten much more of a quick trigger temper. Um, I've had to really work on my communication skills with people. Um, I've had to try to slow down a little bit in my life. I, I, I've broken a lot of things in the last week. Uh, accidentally though, they, they weren't purposefully broken. Um, there was one instance where I was grabbing a, a plant off of the shelf and I grabbed the, the pot and the pot just crumbled in my hands and the whole pot uh, smashed on the ground. Um, I had an instance where I knocked over a little statue on the altar and it broke a plate. Um, I had, I was, when I was rearranging my office, uh, I knocked over the, the plant light that I had behind me and broke that. So it's just kind of like, it's really interesting though, just seeing like the manifestations of that. Um, and yeah, I've had to work on some, uh, really slowing down the way I communicate with people, too, um, because I, you know, we had some a little bit of, um, oh, I don't know, there was a few domestic blowups this week. So think about that and review in your chart if you uh, have had any kind of shocking Mars types of things that happened in the last week. And now get ready to prepare for the Venus and Sun ruled areas of your chart to have some kind of secret uh, conjunction and secret, uh, unexpected types of things happening towards the end of the week with that antitia. Um, so that's one thing to keep an eye on for the week ahead. Hopefully I've gotten it all out of my system. What I probably need to do is just exercise a little more, <laughs> like give a, a channel for this energy. I actually think I did some nice work, uh, getting rid of the junk in my office that was that's a good that's a really good way to to please mars i think is move some stuff around and get rid of some crap okay all right so that's the antitia that we were seeing last week uh as we begin the week also what i forgot to to talk about is we're going to see venus uh kazemi um at the end of the week or the middle of the week as well um, we'll talk about that when we get to wednesday so that's something to keep on your radar so we're going to start the, the, the week off with a Capricorn moon on Monday. Um, of course, it is in its exile. Uh, it had just made a contact or it is just making a contact with Saturn in the beginning of the week. So it is, is sitting at the table with its host. So this is a really good time to get a little bit of objectivity to, to really start to feel a sense of discipline at the beginning of the week. Um, I think that many of us have been starting new projects with all the Leo energy and the, the, the direct motion of Jupiter, uh, It's been a, I've seen a lot of uh, colleagues and whatnot starting new programs and things like that. Um, I've been thinking about some new programs that I want to offer in the fall. Um, but I think this week is about really getting, really Saturning up. And you've got a dream and you've got a vision, but how does the rubber meet the road now? How does your plan, um, how do you implement that plan? And how do you get a little bit of an objective perspective of that plan, possibly through some feedback from other folks. At the beginning of the week with this Gibbous moon phase, the Gibbous moon phase is when we have the sun, or the moon, I'm sorry, 135 degrees to 180 degrees behind, or I'm sorry, ahead of the sun. So you can see we've got this, uh, we, this is a preparation phase of the moon. It's getting ready for the flowering that's going to happen at the full moon phase and for the reveal, the kind of big reveal. And of course, we started this moon cycle at the very end of July, so around July 31st or so. So I want you to look back at July 31st, August 1st, see what kind of things you were initiating in your life. And this is a good time for analyzing and evaluating how you've been doing. This is the time for a little bit of a progress report and a perfecting of those impulses before the flowering that happens in the middle of the week, so Monday and Tuesday, get your ducks in a row. Start analyzing how you want to reveal, uh, perfect things. Get rid of things that aren't working. Um, you know, double down on the things that are working really well. Uh, try to hover, hover. Try to hover. <laughs> try to hubble. Try to hubble telescope above your life and see it from a distance. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I was really trying to say hover but uh you know that'll work too so let's see one of the notes i have here is getting a reality check after the challenges of the first quarter moon so we're going to be rebuilding some of the things that that we had to let go of during that the challenge of that first quarter and now we're seeing what works and what doesn't and kind of working within that those limitations of course saturn is associated with limitations with boundaries with walls also was smashing those down as well so think about what worked and what didn't when the moon was going through scorpio and then you know figure out how you're going to move forward uh, in towards the full moon phase that's monday we're, we're seeing a sextile from the moon around noon uh, and then we're going to have a conjunction of the moon to pluto in the evening around 6 11 pm so that's the beginning of your week uh, as we move into tuesday I'm clear my notes here. So we'll go a day forward again. Okay, now we're in Tuesday, the 13th. And we're seeing the very end of the Capricorn moon. It's already moved past its conjunction with Pluto. Uh, and we are going to be moving into the sign of Aquarius um, at about 11.38 a.m. Okay, you can see the moon moving into Aquarius. And then we're going to have an opposition very early in the day uh, with Mercury. See that? Here's our moon opposition with Mercury. Of course, oppositions were said to be of the nature of Saturn. So there is some sort of challenge or wall that we are coming into with our newfound Leo, Mercury, and the Moon passing through the sign of Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn. Um, this is kind of a classic uh, Sun-Saturn type of uh, challenge where we may be very enthusiastic about the types of things that we're expressing. We may have a very subjective uh, opinion about things, and it's going to run smack into the the collective. So this is the kind of uh, one of the themes of this week is, our subjective perspective coming into contact with the needs of the group, the needs of the collective, and uh, getting some feedback from, from potentially some kind of um, you know group that we're a part of, some kind of uh, you know more authority figure that maybe uh, you know setting an agenda through Saturn Aquarian type of rulemaking. Uh, of course, Saturn likes to make rules. And when it's in Capricorn, those rules generally are internalized. And when it's in Aquarius, this is more of a collective rule setting. Uh, I, like, I know that the modern um, astrological system likes to associate Uranus with Aquarius. Uh, and, and I really, from the, the revolutionary disruptive quality, I think is coming from a desire of Saturn to restructure the society's rules. And we do see that the sun is in its exile in the sign of Aquarius, and we do get kind of a rebellious quality with the sun in Aquarius. But Aquarius's essential nature is, is Saturnine, and it's kind of the outsider, uh, which is a little bit similar to Uranus, but there's some, some differences. Um, make no mistake about it, Saturn in Aquarius is not always progressive. I, I do not believe that. I do not believe that Aquarians are always progressive. We've seen some of the most uh, conservative politicians in American history that were Aquarians. I mean, we've got Reagan, Dick Cheney, all, all under the auspices of the sign of Aquarius. Paul Ryan is a modern person that is associated with that. And a lot of those folks were thinking about uh, a new order, um, so I really like to think of Aquarius as trying to establish a new social order for people to work within. So this may be something that you're working with while you're trying to um, enact your own personal dream. It may be coming into contact with a need to establish a new social order around that dream as well. And there may be some challenging moments with that in the beginning of the week as the moon moves into Aquarius. Um, I'm going to show you a couple cards that are associated with the first deccan. Of each of those because it might give you a little bit of a, a theme that we're working with I'm going to stop my share for a minute and you can see that we've been talking about this this uh, first decan of Leo with the five of wands for quite some time if you've been following along in my channel and this is trying to establish our identity trying to establish authority trying to vie for the spotlight uh, and in the first second of, of Aquarius we see the the card called defeat so there's a winner and there's a loser, and, and we may be picking up the pieces after an argument. We may be experiencing a little bit of a defeat type of energy with something that we had a personal stake in. Now, this is a very temporary uh, disagreement or, or kind of challenge because the moon moves very quickly, so I wouldn't get too bogged down in that sense of defeat. If you have a little, if you got to lick some moons and you get humbled a little bit, I think this is another theme for this week is there's going to be some humbling that happens to the Leo placements. We've got that stellium in Leo. Everybody is just feeling themselves this week and uh, lately, and there's so much subjective energy that a little bit of this pushback may actually be exactly what we need to have uh, the type of perspective that will create win-win situations eventually rather than just us getting caught up in our selfish desires does that make sense and i think that it may not be the most fun thing uh, at first but eventually you're going to see whatever humbling or humility that is bring br- brought about by this moon cycle as something that was necessary to kind of temper all this heat and all this fire energy that we're experiencing because if we take action that isn't considered eventually there will be consequences for those actions. So what we're seeing is just maybe a little bit of objectivity, a little bit of uh, a thought process that may need to go into it before we really, really move forward with our goals and our dreams. And that's okay. Uh, it's, it's the universe is giving us a little bit of a course correction this week, I think. And embrace it. I, I think that one of the things that I've really started to learn with astrology is when we have challenging aspects and we have challenging astrology in the sky, have gratitude for it. You know, I mean, I really think that there is some cosmic order. Obviously I'm an astrologer. I believe in, you know, uh, an ordering of the universe of some sort. Right. Uh, and I think that it's all part of the plan. And if you, if you really try to rise above your life and see it from a larger perspective, uh, you're going to realize that all these little hiccups are part of, uh, a greater unfolding and a greater flowering of your life and again builds character i know that that doesn't sound like the most fun thing in the world but uh it's necessary and you know it's not all flowers sunshine and rainbows we may be getting quite a bit of those types of things with leo stuff and, and jupiter moving direct now um but at the beginning of this week a little bit of a sober reality check okay Now, another thing that's happening on Tuesday, I'll share my screen again for you, is we're seeing a condition that we generally see close to the new moon and and the full moon when the moon is going what's called under the bond of, it says it'd be moon is under the bonds. And it's, it's a condition where the moon is within 15 degrees of either side of either a conjunction or an opposition with the sun okay so right now we have the sun at 20 degrees here and the moon is going to be moving uh into that kind of within 15 degrees of that opposition of the sun okay and when the moon is under the bond is it's kind of weakened the sun has lots of vitality and lots of energy and lots of power it's the king in the cosmic courtroom, right? Uh, but when you get too close to the king, according to the tradition, um, it can get a little bit heated up and it can uh, overpower or overshadow other planets. And, and when a planet becomes, uh, it loses visibility when it has contact with that sun within that degree uh, of 15. And that, that's a weakening type of condition in traditional astrology. So we, we may be feeling a little, bit, uh, a little bit of a lack of vitality with the moon being under the bonds. Um, the Aquarian area of our chart may be going through some challenges. Uh, we may have to find some balance between the Leo and Aquarian sides of our charts. Uh, so take a look at that and, and start to bring them into equilibrium and realize that you may feel a little bit of a potentially a lack of get up and go with moon, moon ruled things this week. Uh, with, you know, potentially with your body, potentially with the nurturing aspect of your nature. Um, We may feel a little, little coldness this week too. Uh, So keep an eye out for that as the moon moves under the bonds. might be more difficult to bring about domestic circumstances too, because the moon associated with our, with our domestic uh, realities. Okay. As we move into Wednesday, let's move into Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be seeing a square from the moon to Uranus. Okay, So here is our Uranus square at six degrees of Aquarius and Taurus. And of course, now we've got a a retrograde Uranus. In my particular program here, retrogrades are represented by red red numbers, direct planets by the black numbers. So we're making contact with retrograde Uranus now. And we talked a little bit about Uranus last week, but this may be um, a period of uranus's cycle where we are reevaluating some of the progressive changes that we've been trying to make in the taurus ruled area of our chart and this square is going to be highlighted this may be another instance on wednesday where you get a little bit of a, some feedback and you're running into um a challenge uh, where where you've been trying to make some material changes in your life in the taurus ruled area of your chart and now there may be some kind of reevaluations of that particular area and seeing what works and what isn't. I mean, not every change that we make is going to be one that's going to stick. And you have to start to pay attention to your life to figure out which of these changes is something I'm going to incorporate long-term and which of them are maybe a passing fancy. Uh, so this is a very good time. And this, this Uranus retrograde is going to be active for many months. So you've got a few months to kind of figure out how you're going to, how, how it's a progress report. Again, how have you been doing in that area of your life? And now it's time to kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit and see how you can make some additional changes. Uh, and you may have to be a little bit patient with the process too. Anytime a planet is retrograde, that planet's will is not able to move according to its own nature as much as it is moving according to the divine will. So it's this is a period of, of time in your in your Taurus-ruled area of your life where you're going to have to let go of the oars and potentially let some of the changes affect you rather than being the one that is affecting those changes or putting them into effect, okay? So you may be acted upon by Uranus in that particular way and recognize that some of the changes that are happening when they're retrograde here may be for, for the best moving forward too. Um, but it may be a little bit more difficult for you to use that Uranus uh, to progressively make the change rather than just kind of having to kind of say, well, uh, these are the events that are happening. Um, there may be some things that I'm, I started to change that aren't working. <clears throat> Let's reevaluate. Okay. So that's going to happen very early in the morning on Wednesday, uh, the 14th. The other thing that's happening uh, on that day kind of exciting is venus is going to be going kazimi you see that there at 21 degrees leo venus is in the heart of the sun okay let's unpack that for a little bit here um venus and mercury make two conjunctions with the sun they make two kazimi moments basically one from the superior side going this direction and then one from the inferior side going in uh diurnal motion okay uh so we're what we're seeing this time is the superior conjunction of venus and the sun And this happens when Venus or Mercury is is direct in motion and is coming into the conjunction of the sun as a morning star, okay, from the the position of being a morning star. And it's going to transition its shift into an evening star. Now, Venus, uh, in her morning star phase, was the warrior Venus. She was fighting for what she wanted and what she needed, which was a little bit... um, not necessarily comfortable for Venus because Venus wants to harmonize so this is going to signal the transition of Venus into the evening star phase where she may be able to do a little bit more of that kind of um, brokering peacefulness Uh, she becomes a little bit more of the the um, diplomat as the evening star this also sort of signals a, a, a sort of a full moon type of energy with Venus now I wanted to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. Uh, the inferior conjunction, generally for Mercury and Venus, when it's coming in retrograde motion and conjoining the Sun, signals the beginning of what's called the synodic cycle. So the beginning of this particular cycle happened around October, the 26th of 2018, at three degrees of scorpio so what i want you to do is i want you to go back to look around halloween or slightly before and i want to see the kind of things that were happening in your life in the venus ruled area of your chart or in the scorpio ruled area of your chart maybe both so check out the scorpio house and then look at both the libra house and the taurus house and I want you to see what kind of new starts were being put into play uh, at that time, because you may be seeing a uh, a harkening back to that beginning and a, a flowering, so to speak, of some of the things that maybe may have been initiated at that time. Now, of course, Venus was in Scorpio in in its uh, fall, in her fall, so she wasn't super happy at that point. Um, she's in a little bit better shape now, uh, but. Look back at that time period, see what was initiated, get a progress report now for how you've been taking action with that particular area of your chart. Okay, the Scorpio ruled area of your chart and the Libra and Taurus ruled area. And you may see something really come to fore in the Leo area of your chart. I know it's a lot of areas of your chart to keep straight, um, but that's astrology. There's a lot of things going on. I'll be able to tell you some interesting anecdotes for this because this is happening exactly on the degree of my ascendant at 21 degrees Leo. So I'm getting a Venus-Sun-Kazemi moment right on my ascendant. Oh boy. Uh, We'll see what happens. Maybe something good. I hope. Fingers crossed. Okay, uh, but it's going to be a pretty big progress report for me, and, and what happened in the uh, in, in August. I'm sorry, October of last year. Um, it's a big full moon for me too. That full moon is going to be right uh, on my ascendant, descendant axis too. So uh, if you uh, if I disappear <laughs> for a week, you'll know that your good your good astrology friend uh, is getting full mooned um, or whatnot. So that's our Kazemi moment, and this is happening in the third decan of Leo. And of course, that's the Seven of Wand moment where we have having to defend our position. Uh, so look for themes to have courage, look for themes to, um, you know, defend your subjective position on some level, and all the while remembering that you're going to be getting some objective feedback from your community. Uh, or the, the Aquarian ruled area of your chart and try to bring those into balance. In um, the end of the day on Wednesday we 're going to see a sextile uh, with the moon and Jupiter, a direct Jupiter now, so um, you know the group relations the group may be supporting uh, what you're doing in that Leo ruled area of your chart as well, as well as the um, I'm sorry, in the Sagittarius ruled area of your chart with the direct Mer- Jupiter and now. Uh, the sun, I'm sorry, the moon, I'm getting ahead of myself. The moon in Aquarius here is going to be sextiling at 14 degrees. And that's a nice little bump that you might get. So the communications might be pretty decent towards the end of the day after this Kazemi moment. Maybe you've had a a an aha moment. Um, also realize too, Venus is not going to be... Um, at her strongest as she moves into and out of the Kazemi moment. Remember the Kazemi moment, according to the Hellenistic astrologers, was when Venus was in within one degree of the sun. The medieval astrologers made that a much smaller area to like 17 degrees. And it's sort of like a rebirth within the furnace of the, of the sun, um, a new burst of energy. But it, remember, it's like a... Um, A butterfly who is trying to uh, come out of the cocoon and the wings are still wet so Venus our Venus ruled area of our life is still gonna be going through some growing pains until uh, she escapes the uh, the the beams of the Sun okay and makes an appearance as an evening star eventually uh, after she's gone into I think after she's gone into Virgo and outside of that 15 degree range um, so just be patient with the process, is what I'll say. If you get a, a nice little burst, um, recognize that you're just going to be, uh, you know, drying the wings off, getting ready to just spread them and, and fly, okay? All right. So as we move into Thursday, Thursday the 15th, hey, look what we have here. It's full moon day. So let's get to Thursday, and the activities are going to start pretty early in the day. Okay, let's go back a little bit, about eight o'clock or so here. All right around eight thirty or so, we're going to see a full moon. Full moon at twenty-two. What is this Wednesday? This is the what we want. There we go. Okay. This is p.m. Sorry. Technical difficulties. So at about eight 8.30 or so a.m., we're going to see the opposition between the sun and the moon at 22 degrees of Leo and Aquarius. And of course, when the sun and the moon are at opposition, that is when the moon is full. Reflecting the fullness of the light of the sun so this is this is a good a good buzzword for this reflecting Uh, we're going to get some of our actions reflected back to us from that aquarian moon and i'm going to show you uh, some of the cards associated with this now the key with this is that it's not just the sun and the moon that are part of this okay Uh, we have a huge Leo stellium here. And Venus, of course, is still very much in conjunction with the sun as we're moving forward here. If we go by our Hellenistic rule, it's still within that one degree. So this is kind of a a very Venus colored full moon too. And Mars is in the mix here as well. well. And if we count Mercury uh, by whole sign, it's just a lot of areas of our life are tied up with this full moon. So we're going to be having action in the the Libra ruled area, in the Taurus ruled area, because those are our Venus areas. We, of course, are going to have the Leo and the Aquarius ruled areas activated. And then also, we're going to have themes coming in from Mars, who is the ruler of both uh, Aries and Scorpio. So I just, this this week, this full moon, um, many, many different um, plates being spun in the air. And I think that whatever is put into motion is going to be affecting many different areas of your life this week. So I think it's really important. I think my advice for you this week is take some time out and really start to see how the actions that you're taking and the feedback that you're getting, I want you to look at the big picture this week because all of the stuff that you're doing is going to have ramifications on many different areas of your life. This isn't just like this is going to affect one thing. Like, you know, for example, in this chart, you know, the, you know, let's see, 12th house and the sixth house are activated. This is a Virgo rising chart. Uh, so there may be some, some challenges around, you know, how this person, if you have a Virgo rising, uh, deals with either some secret enemies or deals with the way that they uh, rest or find time out from life and the work that they have to do with the sixth house. And that may also affect their belief systems with uh, Taurus here, their finances with Libra here in the second. It may also have ramifications for their immediate community and the way that they communicate with Mars ruling the third house and also the joint resources they hold with someone else with Aries on the eighth house cusp. So, like I said, really take some time to kind of hover above the life, make a plan. Uh, don't just get caught up in just the doing this week. Uh, you've done a lot of stuff for the last couple of weeks, Now it's time to see how it all fits together and how all the pieces fit together. You are going to get an opportunity at the end of the week to start doing things uh, in a very refined, detailed way when Mars moves into Virgo, okay? So this is about making the plan before you start really getting into the nitty-gritty of the expansion plan that you've, you've set for yourself with Jupiter going direct. Okay, let's take a look at these cards real quick, though. So we've been seeing uh, the Seven of Wands with our Sun, Venus, and Mars placement. And it's going to be opposed by the Seven of Swords. Now, one of the themes that we like to think about with this is in the Seven of Swords, we see a figure who is, is carrying five swords, leaving two behind and trying to sneak away from an encampment. Whereas on the Seven of Wands, we're seeing a figure who has one wand in his hand and is defending his position on the hill. So this is sort of about, do you stay and defend your position? This could be an idea. Do you stay and defend your idea? Or do you pick up the pieces after the conflict, potentially of that Mercury-Moon opposition? Maybe you suffered a defeat and you have to figure out what stays and what goes. And what you're going to be asked to do is figure out what can you salvage, what needs to be left behind, and what should you still defend? What is really important to you is the question. What is worth standing on that hill and defending, and what do you need to glean and possibly let go of and move your position off of? And this is something that's going to be the, the, the theme towards the end of the week here. As the sun moves into that opposition, uh, the there may be an, a, a, a desire to leave some things behind. There may be a desire to say, you know what? This is too tough. I'm, I'm, I'm going. A lot of the, the clients that I've talked to with Aquarius three placements, one of the things they're best at is leaving, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They pick up and leave and they're like, you know what? I'm I'm done with this. I am just detaching and making a new start. It's a lesson of detachment. So there is going to be some something towards the end of the week where you may have to incorporate a level of detachment, uh, potentially with, in accordance with something that you were very invested in personally. Um, detachment is associated with an animal, if you study animal symbolisms, and it's the lizard. And one of the things that the lizard can teach us, first of all, the lizard is a dreamer. So the, the lizard is, is, when it suns itself on the rock, it's, it was said to be dreaming, okay? And like bringing things into, into and out of existence just through the power of its belief and through its visionary qualities and through st- its stillness. But one of the best def- defense mechanisms that a lot of lizards have is they're able to detach their tail. So if they're being pursued by a predator, they can detach that tail. They can let go of something, and uh, eventually it'll regrow. And that may be part of the lesson this week: be like the lizard, meditate on the lizard a little bit. And is, is there something you just have to let go of and detach? And eventually it'll be replaced by something that is maybe a, a better expression of of your vision. Um, maybe it's more in alignment with who you really are. Uh, and recognize that. We're not just living a personal dream. I think this is the other lesson of the week. We're not just living our own, in our own subjective realities. I, I really don't believe that. I mean, I think that's true on some level, but our subjective realities are coming into contact with everybody else's subjective realities. <laughs> and uh, it may be really important for you to realize that we are sharing this planet and this experience with other people. And there are gonna be times when our vision bumps into uh, someone else's vision. And how do we navigate that? And how do we come to the compromises necessary to create some win-win situations? Because ultimately we have to you know, live on this planet with other people. We have to live in the same house with other people. We have to live in the same city or community or country with other people. And how are we going to find ways where we can live in harmony? Hopefully, I mean, I hope that's part of the goal. Uh, life gets a lot better when you're living in harmony with other people rather than if you're just fighting and having conflict all the time. Uh, And that may be part of the Venus Kazemi lesson too. Uh, So so think about that as we're moving forward. And of course, full moons are flowerings. They are are, uh, the revelation of some things that were started at that new moon cycle. Uh, It's a karmic peak cycle. So look out for things that are coming to light. Um, Look out for uh, an ability to kind of really see with clarity and and try to find clarity in the vision. All right, Uh, towards the end of the day, Moon is going to be making that opposition with Mars at about 9 o'clock p.m. So again, an opportunity for reevaluating, especially in the Scorpio and aries ruled uh, areas of your chart okay let's move on to thursday keep on rolling keep on rolling all right so friday the 16th the moon is in pisces now uh we have moved out of that saturn ruled sign and moved into a jupiter ruled sign yay uh this may lighten the mood just slightly uh the only thing that we're going to have to watch out for is we do have a square between the moon and its host, Jupiter. So there, this the danger with these um, Pisces uh, Sagittarius squares that we've been experiencing with Neptune and Jupiter and sometimes the moon is um, the challenge of the illusion versus the reality. We're, we're trying to create growth and trying to promote growth in this Jupiterian area of our life, but we may be running headlong into the illusion of Neptune. And we may be trying to expand, but we're not really rooted in the the, the facts. So it's important for you on Friday uh, not to get too carried away, uh, and try to separate fact from fiction, and don't get sucked into some kind of thing that is maybe too good to be true with the moon there. Um, and uh, this is going to be perfecting, this aspect is perfecting on Saturday, but we're going to really be feeling the effects of it Friday and, and Saturday because the moon really makes a, you know, we're going to really feel things, you know, when the moon is within, you know, I don't know, 12 degrees or so of a planet. Um, there's a wide, wider orb for the moon than there is uh, for some of the other planets. A lot of the effects of the other planetary aspects we're going to feel more acutely when they're within three degrees or within that connection or colitis type of uh condition that we talk about but the moon has a little bit wider orb 12 to 13 degrees of really feeling that connection or that uh, merging type of essence okay a couple other things that are going on on friday in particular one of the things that we're going to be seeing is i want to point out that here we have mercury making its heliacal setting heliacal set or its morning set and that means that mercury is going within 15 degrees of the sun and under the sun's beams and it becomes invisible we're not going to be able to see it anymore in the sky in the evening or, or in the very early hours anymore because the sun's beams are going to be shining too bright next to it it's too close and it's got kind of a weakening quality to mercury and also putting some of mercury's significations behind the scenes so that is one condition to to think about uh, this is also a condition of fossus and that was described as as a really important point uh so pay attention To anything that comes up on Friday because this is a a very important speaking of the omen this is really what the fastest conditions are it's when we have an omen that speaks a little bit louder than uh, than some of the other time periods so pay attention to mercurial type of things the Virgo ruled area of your chart the Gemini ruled area of your chart see how they're connected see how they may be going through uh, a period that may be a little bit more hidden, a little bit more behind the scenes, this is going to be heading towards the superior conjunction of, of Venus i 'm sorry of mercury it 's direct in motion. Um, mercury, Mars, and Venus are moving very fast right now too, so a lot of things are just coming at us with those planets, um, whereas some of the other planets like Jupiter, whoops, whoa, is a little bit slower right now because it 's just coming out of its retrograde cycle and it 's just picking up steam. Okay, so whenever a planet is retrograde, it's a little bit slower in motion, and unless it's at the I think there's there may be one condition in the opposition where it speeds up a little bit, but maybe not. I'll have to look that up. Um but yeah, Mercury, Venus, and Mars moving pretty quickly right now. So that's on Friday. That's our our morning set. And then we're gonna be seeing, as we see this morning set happening, <laughs> uh we're going to see a square from Mercury to Uranus and Taurus to that retrograde Mercury, sorry, that retrograde Uranus and Taurus. So there may be some kind of unexpected event, right? This is within the 15 degrees, but this is squared. There may be some unexpected communication that's happening, possibly that either uh, is happening behind the scenes Um is maybe, maybe you have some sort of communication that uh, forces you underground a little bit. Uh, maybe you have uh, an event that happens that's unexpected where you're like, oh boy, I need to kind of reevaluate some of my mercurial communication styles or those areas of, of my life um, so that I can be more effective in, in the ways that I'm expressing those things. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be connected with something that's a little bit unexpected on Friday. And here's another interesting connection. Not only are we having that Mercury square, we're going to be seeing uh, the Antitia condition being pretty active between Venus and Uranus too, uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, with v- Actually, let me clear this there's going to be an Antitia or a secret conjunction between both the sun and Venus with Uranus. So like I said, this is, this is a week where certain events are tied up with, with a lot of different areas of your life. So there may be some unexpected things that happen uh, in your love life and, uh, with, with Venus being activated there. There may be some unexpected um, breakthroughs in your, in your sense of identity and purpose. Um, this could be a breakthrough too. You know, when we have a secret conjunction you know, it isn't just always disruptive. It could be a little bit of a breakthrough. Although, with Uranus being retrograde, my guess, my educated guess, is that whatever breakthrough you experience will be a cause for reevaluating things. So, you know, if you're going through some changes in relationships, don't be afraid to shift course a little bit and and try to to review with your partner um, how you are teaming up and making changes within your life, and don't be afraid to review how you are expressing your identity through the end of the week, too. Maybe you've been expressing a little bit too, uh, too strongly, like who you are. Maybe you've been a little bit too fiery, and that's affecting things in the, the uh, Taurus ruled area of your chart, too. Remember, we've got this five of pentacles that's be activated with Uranus. So this may be really speaking to the way that you're using your resources. Um, I know in my life, I've been really evaluating uh, the way that I use my resources related to my career. Um, I've got Uranus going through my tenth house of career and I've been doing a lot more astrology things and getting more clients and things like that and just starting to evaluate how that is going to um, support me uh, you know as a career. So there may be some kind you know look at the Uranus in your part of your chart and see where you're going to be using that Promethean energy, that lightning bolt of awareness that Ability to shatter the old structure and rebuild it um, from a different point of view Okay, so that is Saturday as we move through Saturday uh, We're going to see the square that's going to perfect with uh, The square with the moon and Jupiter See that Okay, okay about 14 degrees of pisces and sagittarius remember again that's going to be really close to a conjunction with neptune too so there may be something where you're you know you're wanting to move forward but you've really got to separate out whether it's rooted in reality or not and that's going to be re- very early in the morning on saturday uh it's going to hit a sextile with retrograde saturn so you know Saturn's sobering influence is going to be brought in to maybe temper some of that illusionary, illusionary quality that Neptune is bringing into the equation. And then, as we move forward in our day, you know, the Moon is going to make a conjunction with Neptune. So Saturday looks like kind of a, a, a dreamy day that is balanced out with, uh, you know, this these sextiles with the Capricorn planets. And really, this is I, I would consider this a gift. If we didn't have this earthy element in the mix with the sextile, we may be just looking, you know, leaping before we look. And these Capricorn placements are helping us to kind of slow down and, you know, not really get caught up in our own illusions or delusions uh, and take action that's more rooted in reality, but still maybe moving towards some sort of ideal or dream. Um, As we move into Sunday... As we move into Sunday, we are going to see the moon move into Aries and Mars move into Virgo. So here we can see uh, the first aspect we experience um, or the first astrology is the moon, I'm sorry, Mars moving into Virgo. Really, the only other aspect of the day is a, uh, a moon Chiron conjunction. I don't always use the asteroids, but when I do, I feel like in a beer commercial or something. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Chiron is one that, that tends to jump out, and there may be some kind of uh, wound that is triggered, or you may be feeling uh, an ability to want to learn or educate, Chiron has a lot of different significations. One is a, a, a wound that um, we may be able to help others with, but have difficulty healing within ourselves. The other is, uh, you know, has significations associated with music. Chiron was a master musician. He was also a teacher. Uh, so there may be some themes coming up with wanting to teach, uh, and the moon is gonna be triggering that, that Chiron placement in the Aries ruled area of your chart. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, Now let's talk about Mars moving into Virgo. So this is our big planetary ingress for the week. And you know Mars is gonna get a little shift. It's gonna shift some of the focus off of that fire sign emphasis and bring a little bit more practicality. It's gonna take our actions from just being about expressing our identity and our vision and really help us get down to the brass tacks and to the details of the situation. Mars is going to be also moving out of its own bound and into the bounds of Mercury. So there's going to be a double kind of Mercury emphasis with Mars at the end of the week here and moving into the next week. So Mercury is going to be its host. So it's going to be in the domicile of Mercury. And it's going to be within the, the terms of Mercury or the bound. Okay. And the first seven degrees of virgo the curriculum is being set by mercury so what does that mean well before the sun was providing resources for mars so a lot of our actions were based on you know wanting to issue commandments uh willing to assert wanting to assert authority and and show the world who and what we were now mars is going to be uh taking action based on this mercurial function now of course mercury is still in leo so there's definitely still going to be some identity questions that are coming up that we're taking action on but now we're willing to do the work now we're willing to look at the details and say how do we turn this dream into a reality how do we become the craftsman okay Uh, and when we're working within the terms of mercury what kind of rules and expectations and etiquette does Mercury expect? Well, the the essential nature of Mercury is to contest, to destabilize, to uh, argue. It was the lawyer in the cosmic courtroom. Uh, So there may be some, you know, our actions may be more uh, geared towards things like communicating our ideas, maybe more towards commerce. Okay, how do we turn whatever idea we have into something that supports us. Mercury was, was associated with commerce and with merchants. Um, how do we uh, become flexible? Mercury asks for flexibility. How do we come, become flexible in the actions that we're taking rather than all this fixed energy? This is another thing we didn't really talk about. Is all this Leo Aquarius stuff that we are going through, this is a fixed position. So maybe we incorporate some flexibility or mutability into the equation now with Mars moving into Virgo, and I'm going to show you a card associated with Virgo. One, I'm going to pause my share. I'm going to stop my share for a minute, and this is the Eight of Pentacles. All right, and this in this card we see a, a, a figure who is toiling away at his craft, and he is an apprentice, perhaps of some sort of advanced age. Maybe I know that in Thirty Six Faces, Austin says that he's past the age of of when you're supposed to be learning stuff, but that's okay. Uh, maybe you have something in your life where you're like, I should know this already, but I've got to go back and uh, re-educate myself, maybe even if I already know something about the topic. And this is really about toiling away and perfecting our craft and, and figuring out how we're going to make something from the vision and the idea that we had. Uh, so th- I really like this this Mars here. I think this might be a a, a pretty interesting way to start getting um movement in where we're where we're moving in in the direction that we're moving towards now here's the here's the flip side of it Uh, this mars can get really fixated with the, the the details and with the the um technicalities so i would caution you not to to get too bent out of shape if everything isn't exactly to your specifications what this does support is figuring out what stays and what goes. And of course, Mars has a severing quality. So this may be a time to release some of the junk that isn't working. I mean, Virgo season was about the harvest. So this was like, what what stays out of the uh, fruits that you've harvested over the summer? What has rotten spots on it and what needs to be thrown out? So this may be supporting you getting rid of some of the junk that doesn't serve you anymore. Uh, and refining and becoming more efficient, like there is an efficiency quality to Virgo as well. It doesn't just want to do things perfectly, it wants to do them in the most efficient way possibly. I think perfectionism that I've learned from my uh, teacher, uh, Adam Elbas, is more associated with the sign of Libra, because there is an idealization in some of the air signs. And really, Virgo Yes, we can say that there is maybe some qualities of perfectionism, but it's more about what stays and what goes and becoming more efficient in the expression of that particular planet. So keep an eye out for that this week as you move forward with Mars in Virgo. Okay, that's about what I've got for the week. Looking ahead, well, I look back on my uh, little chart here that Chris Brennan made from the astrology podcast. What do we got? Oh, Let's see. Both Venus and the Sun are going to move into Mercury next week, so we're going to see a big shift happening into that Virgo quality, uh, where not just Mars is moving into it, but you know some of our other planets are going to be ingressing into into Virgo over the next week. Looking ahead, um, so this is just a good time to kind of like maybe uh, you know take your last vacation. Um, figure out what you really believe. Let go of some positions, some fixed positions that may not be serving you. How does your vision fit into the bigger vision? And then get down to work. Start, start making it a reality. Start grounding it in very practical details and, and get down to business. Okay. That's what I've got for you today. Uh, this is Spencer Michaud signing off. Take care, everybody.